And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show for today's podcast episode. I actually am going to be doing a little movie news segment with me. I have my good friend Charlie and my friend Rick with me. Say hello to everybody. Hello. And we have a little bit of movie news that we're going to actually break out and everything. We have some DC movie news with uh, Michael Keaton. Then we also have some Amelia Clark joining the uh, cast of Secret Invasions. We have a lot of stuff to be talking about within an hour. So I hope that you guys stay with us within the hour and everything and you guys uh, watch and enjoy the show. So for our first um, segment and everything, what do we have, Charlie? Well, for any of you uh, Fury Road fans, uh, you might have known about a character called Furiosa. Well, they're making a prequel movie, and that's actually going to be preparing for a June production start in Australia. So this was a recent conference in North, uh, New South Wales, Australia. George Miller officially announced production plans for the Warner Brothers' upcoming Fury Road spinoff, Furiosa. Start to start shooting in, in Australia this upcoming summer in June. And according to that, this project will become the biggest film ever to be made in Australia, with the prequel to receive financial incentives from federal and state government in order to secure its production in the set in the country. Moore also confirmed that they had already built cars and prepared stunts for key action sequences that we filming this year. Um, and then um, I'm trying to see the cast. They said that they described this as a standalone story that will dive into the origins of the character previously portrayed by Charlize Theron. Before crossing paths with the epiphanious ep, ep, anti-hero of the Mothership franchise, the film will be led by Golden Globe winner and, and, um, Anya Taylor-Joy, Chris Hemsworth, and um, Yaha Abdul-Martin from the Watchmen TV series, and he's also he was also known as Black Mantra in Aquaman. All right. So here's my thoughts and everything. I loved her character in Mad Max Fury Road. I was curious about how she winded up in that position that she was in and everything when she's trying to help these other brides to escape from the desert and things like that. So I was wondering how her origin story began and about how she was able, how she got into that predicament and everything too. Was she born there? Was she a native over there? What was the deal behind her story? So now we actually have a background story into her story, and I can't wait to see that and see it unfold. Um, I'm not sure if is Charlize, and of course Charlize Theron is going to be in it and everything still, so that and she isn't. Not okay. this is the prequel before her well, character in the movie. Um, okay. I don't, I don't believe she's in this one. Okay, because I was thinking that it was going to be the origin story of her character, which made me think that she would actually be in it. But then again, we don't know how young that they're going to probably put her in her character is going to be either. So that's also another key element though, too. Um, she's, she's on the IMDb billing cast list for it. Sorry. So I think, I think she's going to be in it, but I know Tom Hardy isn't supposed to be in it. You know, no. Um, but he is signed on for at least one more Mad Max movie by contract though, if I remember correctly. So, you know, don't don't get your uh, your hopes low for they're not for not seeing Tom Hardy again because he's definitely going to be Mad Max again sometime in the future at least. Exactly but. because that's what they do. They sign these actors on just in case they decide that they're going to do another Mad Max movie or whatever, and that's just like a little insurance, like saying, okay, we don't have anything in the works yet for Mad Max, but we're going to go ahead and just put you on there just in case you're going to sign a two movie deal just in case we decide to keep have you on there. So it's 
so that's actually something that the studios decided to do. But I'm hoping that we see Mad Max again. But to have a Charlize Theron's uh, character back in this mo movie and everything makes me excited because now you have a female-led role and everything with Charlize Theron, which makes me even happier because I like her as an actress. It'll be just interesting to see how much of a big, a bigger world than what Mad Max is, you know, because we already know the world of Mad Max is huge, but now we mm -hmm. actually get to dive into some of the other places and everything else that Mad Max might have not been there or anything like that. And our imaginations can actually expand a lot more. It's kind of like the Star Wars universe, if you think about it, like, you know, we have all these galaxies and stuff like that, but we always wind up traveling the same planet over and over again, which <laughs> is why, I, but all, all up until when we got um, Mandalorian. But it just goes to show you how big this universe actually is. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we actually see some other areas in the desert. But what about you guys? Um, to mention that I just got, like, found an oracle that says she's not in this. Okay. Um, oh. This was just recently in those yesterday on the 20th. Somebody reported this. Back in May, um, George, uh, I think, like, whatever this article was, I think George Miller revealed that the upcoming prequel to the 2000, like, they're returning the role, um, um, revealed that the upcoming prequel won't find Charlize their return for the role, using CGI to de-age an actor for a film that tells the character back. This isn't the way he wants to go, he told the New York Times. Miller said he plans to seek a, uh, a young new actor to step in the role that Theron, Theron made um, like to, for, the, for the role. That means Theron herself will not be back for the prequel. And thanks to the interview with the Hollywood Report, now we know she's kind of heartbroken over it. Um, getting emotionally invested in Miller's visionary take um, was easy, said Theron, and that makes me that makes watching the prequel move forward without her a tough one to swallow. She said, "Yeah, it's a little heartbreaking for sure. I really love the character, and I'm so grateful that I had this small part in creating her. She will forever be someone I think of and reflect on on fondly." Theron explained, "Now, obviously, I wanted to see the story continue, and if he feels like he has to go that way, to go about it in that way, then I trust him in that manner." We get so hung up on the small, de smaller details that we forget that. So, um, so yeah. So unfortunately, she's not. And I think, like I said, I think if they're going the old route, like the prequel route, I think it would make sense to ha not have her in it. Um, yeah, because that we, makes we sense don't know how, how young because they're getting the uh, Anya Taylor uh, Joy. She's pretty young, so I think they're going um, like like teenager. I think so. Um. All right, that's fine. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. I just, I just feel like I, okay. I heard about a while ago that I don't think she was gonna be in it. Like there's talks that she was. Then, then, like, then it wasn't. I think I guess that they're they were they were trying to do the de aging thing. I don't think that was gonna be the way to go. Um, it's a lot so. of money. A lot yeah. of money that if you don't have to spend it, don't need to. Um, and that's coming out next G June twenty twenty three. I mean, I love Mad Max, and I love Mad Max Fury Road. It's awesome. It's like one of the few movies that I've saw in theaters more than once. Uh, so, like, I'm super psyched just for anything Mad Max new. I love the whole Mad Max world of just insane friggin' car chases and explosions. It's just awesome. The video game was great, though. I mean, I had yes, a great time. I played the video game. game. But yeah, I definitely love the Mad Max series and stuff like that. It just sucks that she's not going to be in it. But we can also understand with the budget and stuff like that too. If it's not, if it's not needed to have the de aging stuff in it or whatever, then there's no reason to have it. 
And maybe her, maybe the story doesn't need her that kick right. that movement in it too. That's the other thing right. too. We That's get true. we're getting we're getting Hemsworth in this, so I'm intrigued to see what his role is. Um, but maybe, like I said, I don't think like I said maybe she, like maybe the story wasn't geared towards her adult version. Maybe right. in this whatever they do in the future stuff, maybe. But I guess for this story, maybe not. Okay, but I'm still intrigued. I still want yeah. to know how her character got there and what she was doing to survive there and how she came up. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, so what else we have? All right, the next set of news is um, about uh, like like TV shows coming back in late 2021 and their hit shows from uh, the next Netflix CEO confirms late 2021 review uh, uh, returns for Cobra Kai, You, and The Witcher. Um, during a recent investor video, um, CEO um, Ted Sarandos um, has confirmed that three of their biggest series, along along two of their high-profile movies, are all set to return um, in the fourth quarter of this year. That includes the highly anticipated new seasons of the Henry Cav- uh, Cavill-led drama *The Witcher*, the, the Co- *Cobra Kai*, and the psychological thriller *You*. Um, both productions of The Witcher Season 2 and UC3 were affected by the pandemic last year. That's why the original yep. release dates were ultimately delayed. Um, and then Netflix upcoming action films such as Escape Red Notice starring Julian Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot, and Chris Hemsworth Escape from Spiderhead are also expected to make their debuts later this year. Red Notice was set for last year's release date, but was delayed due to the uh, pandemic. Um um, let me see what else. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about those two movies, which th- that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, um, so we got, we're getting some big stuff in the week 2021. So yeah, I'm excited. As everybody knows, I'm a huge Cobra Kai fan, but you know, I'm always interested in seeing more stuff with Cobra Kai and stuff like that, especially the way that the second season ended. Well, third season ended, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. No, I, I haven't actually watched Cobra Kai, but I ha- do love The Witcher. I'm a big fan of The Witcher. I love the video Witcher games. Is good. Uh, I love the games, and I feel like they did a great job with the actual with the Netflix series. I was very hesitant because I was like, "Don't mess this up." It's so like you know, there, there's such like a, a way you have to present it, and I feel mm-hmm. like they did a really good job with it. And I'm just super excited to see how it continues. Uh, you was awesome. Yep. And like uh, so so effed up. <laughs> but so but so good. And so I'm excited for that. Like I haven't seen Cobra Kai, but I've heard really good things about yeah. it. So I might watch that soon. Cobra Kai is really fun to watch. And also too, I love The Witcher as well. I mean, I thought it was a perfect well adaptation of a video game. Uh and as well as a book series though too. Because it definitely jumps around a lot, but it's also once you wind up finding out why it's jumping around and how you got there towards the end, the journey made it that much more fun for me to watch. And he was awesome as Geralt, yeah. man. Yes, yeah, he was yeah. so yeah. good. I, was really that. I mean, and then and he, and he's, he's a man of little words. Always says he grunts, <laughs> says the abs is fuck. <laughs> like, like stuff happens and then and then he fights. I mean, that, like it's like that. I mean, I've I've known the video games. I own the PC one. I just haven't had time to play into it. But I know that it's coming to the PS5 at some point or the next gen consoles. So I'll probably end up getting it for the next gen just to play it. Um, but I love the show. I thought the show was great. Like the 
when it, how the show came to, into full circle, like like the the the, the how you had to figure out. Okay, so it was really confusing. It's like present day and then past, and then how it got to the present. Um, the musical score was fantastic in it. Like the oh, sequence yeah. at the, uh, the the second to last episode when um, Geralt like gets out of the prison and the music in the background where they that when the when they're storming like when the uh, the enemies are storming the castle and and then and Geralt's getting out of there and you're hearing the music in the background. It's like oh, this show so awesome. it's so awesome. And mm-hmm. like I, I want to know, I want to watch more. Like like Jennifer it was like that. Like that stuff was just so cool. And I'm like, yep. I like that one so much better than Game of Thrones. It's so the games are, the games are great, man. Like yeah. I, I remember I got The Witcher three, th- hearing it was a very long game, and I was like, it can't be that crazy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it during the summer, and I'll just play that game during the summer, and I'll beat it in like a month because it's the summer, and I'm a teacher, so I have time. And it took me the entire summer to beat that game. And I was like, oh my god, this game is so long, but it's so good. I can't um, put it down. Like, oh, like awesome. I can't wait. To, I got to I gotta play. I got, like, maybe a couple minutes. And I think they said this one's supposed to probably do some storylines from the third game, I think. I'm um, not sure. And I believe it's going to be, like, linear story. Like, I don't think there's going to be any stuff in the past that I can think of. But... I mean, I'm pumped. I, I, after season one, I finished actually watching season one like last year, like like when I, December since I worked, I didn't have time. But with the pandemic, I not working. Like, well, I'm working from home, so I'm able to watch stuff, and I was able to binge that whole show during this like that. And that show was awesome. Um, I'm excited for this week one. I'm also I'm also excited for the two movies that are coming out late this year: Red Notice with Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, and Gal Gadot. Which is which that's originally a, that's a great that's, cast. It is. It was originally a Universal movie, and and I think Universal, like I think it was like two hundred million dollars, um, or it was a really high priced thing. Then and then I think then then Universal couldn't maybe afford it, so then that's why Netflix bought it for two thousand dollars. And like so, joint so um, I think they have the description of the the movie Red Notice. So essentially, mm. The Rock is um, the guy that's um, so. Red Notice is described as a globe-trotting action comedy heist thriller designed as three um, as a three hand uh, handle hander between Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. In the film, Johnson plays an Interpol agent tasked with capturing the most wanted art thief in the world. Red Notice refers to the highest and most series of Interpol in- notices. There are eight, and concerns the arrest of wanted criminals. Meanwhile, Gadot is to portray the ro- the role of the world's greatest art thief. Of Ryan, Ryan Reynolds playing the world's greatest con man. It's so That's, fitting. For Ryan. I, so I can see it. For that. <laughs> it's so fitting. And then I think one of the trailer, like a brief snippets. I think they showed. I think when they like when they when Netflix announced seventy movies are coming out this year from them. One of them, Ryan Reynolds punches him in the face, and he goes, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I meant to punch him in the throat." <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can totally see that working. You know, Ryan Reynolds as the con man definitely fits the bill for him. What's going to be interesting for me is seeing how Gal Gadot plays uh, off of the uh, art dealer that steals things. That's going to be art thief. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what that's going to be the interesting factor for me about how she plays into it. To be honest with you. Um, yeah, we didn't give a release date, but that's coming out this year. Um, okay. so I, I figured it would, and then I'm also intrigued on the other Chris Hemsworth movie, Escape from Spiderhead. Um, it's like it's like kind of like a sci fi ish kind of movie, so 
Um, hey, I mean, the last Chris Hemsworth movie we got last year it was badass. Extra- it was. Extraction. Like, I mean, um, that was a great movie. And if, any- if anybody hasn't seen that movie, watch it. Like, it's so good. It- the action's intense. Like, it's Chris Hemsworth channeling his inner uh, um, John Wick. John Wick. Um, yeah. yeah, the stunt work was really good. The camera angles were really good with it, where you actually got to see everything in the action sequences and stuff like that. So that's something that I really admired from it. Also, too, you know, the, Chris Hemsworth is a good actor if he's in the right movies. And for him, with Extraction, was really good. They're even talking about making a sequel for it. Yeah. So that's something that I'm very excited about. Have you seen Extraction or anything like that, Rick? Oh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Oh. It's so good. It's intense. Like I mean, the it's brutal. Like some of the, the the fight sequences are brutal. Like it's definitely emphasizing the hard art. And I think it was produced by the Russo brothers. Um, I got I got to wait for a little to fall asleep to watch that one. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, it's it's some great action sequences in it. It's a it's a great action movie. Um. I do want to piggyback off of Rick for for a minute with uh, you, with the show you and everything. I love that show. Like I actually did on the audio podcast. I did a Dexter versus Joe thing on who would win <laughs> and compare the two. I have Dexter at killing uh, Joe. So I can so I can see that because Dexter's makes I want to say like a business pretty much out of <laughs> actually killing people where Joe. Is more of the stalker type. So, like, he... Joe would make a really good detective if he wasn't so fucked in the head. Because <laughs> he's really good at, like, you know, the whole... Uh, of, like, finding out everything there is to know about someone and, and using that to his advantage uh, in the most twisted ways without anyone ever catching on to him. But, yeah, that I would I would watch that. Dexter versus Joe, definitely. That'd be... That'd be and intense, although that'd be like that'd be the long game. Those <laughs> they'd be follow. It's like hiring two private eyes to follow each other. <laughs> that'd be awesome though to see though, right? But oh, definitely. I got Dexter winning easily. I think Dexter like the, I, my sister was a fan of that show. I never watched it, and it didn't look appealing to me. Um, I think Dexter would get him like like I think by the end of a se- one season, he'd get him. To be to be honest That's, with you, yeah. Joe is more clumsy when it comes down to killing people. Like yeah. he'll he won't even mean to kill you or anything like that. Dexter has everything planned out, mm-hmm. and then also too, Joe uses other people's cell phones and stuff like that. Dexter wouldn't even be talking to anybody. He would be getting rid of the cell phone with the person being buried with it and yeah. everything. And Dexter so, is a he's a he worked in the police department too. Right. So Dexter knows the ins and outs of the police matter. department, so he knows. I mean, he 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 knows what he's doing. <laughs> right. But yeah, I I definitely loved how you wrapped up for the sec for that second season that we got. You had it so good, man. You had like you didn't have to go the crazy route, and then then at last, I don't want to like spoil anything, but in that last five minutes, like. You're going crazy route. Like, why, yep. why, man? Life is working out for you so good. What are you doing? And now here you are having that itch again to want to be stupid. So <laughs> it's it's going to be great. It's going to be off, off the chain. I'm going to tell you that. Um, so what, what else do we have as far as movie stories go? 
Um, they just that the uh, Morton Scorsese's Laurent Lawn awaited killers of the flower moon and there's production. Um, as they said, the adaptation is finally getting underway at, as the Oklahoma Film Plus Music Office and Apple Original Films has announced that the principal, the principal photography is officially underway in Oklahoma. Um, so this is based on the David Green's uh, acclaimed 2017 bestseller nonfiction crime novel. This, Plot is set in 1920s Oklahoma and explores the serial murders of members of the oil wealthy Office Nation, a strain of brutal crimes that would later be known as Reign of Terror. The ensemble fil- roster uh, for the film is led by Ka- Emmy nominee Jesse Clemens and Oscar winners uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and De Niro, and the seventh and tenth respective collaborations with the Oscar winning filmmaker. Cast includes um, Lily Gla- um, Gladstone, Tantoon, Cardinal, uh, Cardinal, Cara Jade Myers, Janae Collins, Julian Dion, um, William Bew, um, Bello, or um, Lewis, something like I, I, and I can't pronounce these names. <laughs> um, so um, essentially, it, you get Leo working back with Scorsese, same with De Niro. Um, I'm in. It's Leo. Um, his performance in once upon a time in Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood was just top notch. Like, it was. if you have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, stop what you're doing and watch it. It's probably <laughs> one of the best Tarantino movies out there. The only movie I wanted to see twice in theaters in 2019, and I saw it twice in theaters. Um, it's the one movie that my dad wanted to see twice in theaters, and we, and we saw it twice in theaters. It was just so good. Like, like. Tarantino knows what he's doing in terms of movies, and it was a great history of back in that time period, which I knew some stuff of it, but he did a great job, and the chemistry between him, like Brad Pitt and Leo, if those two guys were not in that movie, that movie would not be good. No. Chemistry between Leo and Brad Pitt, million times better than the notebook chemistry between Rachel Adams <laughs> and, um, and and. Gosling, whatever. Like the like the two of them like played off each other well. That's why I was so happy Brad Pitt won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor because he was so good in that movie. Again, if you're not you know watch it. Me and John talked about we're both big Tarantino fans. I think we had a whole podcast where we just went on a huge Tarantino chat forever about it and yeah we did we went for about a good hour and a half when we had other top 10 movies to talk about <laughs> like that movie uh once upon a time in hollywood was so good and one of the things i i really like about it as being you know a history teacher is it takes a historical event and changes it to be in the tarantino universe and so this whole movie i'm ex- i'm i don't want to be able to give anything away but like i'm expecting one thing and waiting for that to happen and it just flips everything on yeah. his head. I was like, "Yes, I'm so." I happy. was happy on that too. Um, I knew when they start when they did the tonal split when the uh, when Kurt Russell started narrating, going over the detailed exact moments of what's going on. I'm like, oh no, we're getting to it. So I was tensing up in the theater watching it for the first time, tensing up. I'm like, "How are they going to play this? How are they going to play this?" Because I whatever I, I didn't really see what I expected to be honest, and I was really hoping. Um, that and then, like, I mean, Tarantino did it with Glory Bastards. We did that in the best way possible. I mean, um, I think, like, in next month, John, or whenever we're going to be doing a director like focus, yeah. 
And each one, I think it, John and my buddy, Sean, we all picked three different directors. I picked Tarantino. And once my time in Hollywood will be the one of the one of the movies we're going to do the review on because we have to. It, it's it's fantastic Tarantino. Like it's not typical Tarantino at least until the end. But the but the story, right. the dialogue, like like it just you just you just had to have those certain actors in it for Tarantino. Like again, if Brad Pitt and Leo were not in that movie, it's not going to be good because. Okay. The two of them know Tarantino, and that's why. Um, but anyway, back to this one. Um, I don't know much of it. I just know Leo's in it, and I'll probably see it. Yeah, I'm sold on De Niro. Oh, I'm going to let Rick go first. And we've right. been talking for like the last couple of stories. So go on ahead. I'll let you go on ahead and do this one. It's Martin Scorsese's doing it, right? So yes. That name right, along, right there is just, it's probably going to be really good. And then you name those actors, and it's like, yeah, like those actors aren't going to sign up for a movie. They also have like talked them and think it's going to be good and stuff. So, so I I don't know anything about the story at all of what it's based on, but like I probably I probably will see it. I don't get to go to the movies that much anymore, but I got a red box right down the street. So <laughs> that's what I use. I use red box all the time. Matter of fact, I'm a awards uh, program person that gets perks from them, but. <laughs> But yeah, De Niro, Martin Scorsese, and Leonardo DiCaprio, sign me up. I don't care if it's just Martin Scorsese just directing Leonardo DiCaprio on a toilet and Robert De Niro's being his grumpy grandfather. I would go on ahead and I would watch that movie That's because I'm that much of a hardcore Martin Scorsese fan I am. But I also want to point out, though, too, that you know, I love what Leonardo DiCaprio has done as an actor. At first, I was like, eh, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, he's not, and he actually w- stepped up once he did The Departed. Once he did The Departed for me, that's what turned everything around for me. Don't get me wrong, I love what's eating Gilbert Great and everything else, but when he, when he did The Departed, that's what turned it around for me, where I was like, okay, this guy is going places, and that's when I was on the Leonardo DiCaprio train. And then, of course, when he did the Tarantino film for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I love the flamethrower scene. That's actually one of my favorite scenes. In Once Upon a- hey, I didn't say when it was going to show up. I just said right, that I love the that. scene. That's practically a spoiler, so I'm going to cut that right there. Like, you don't hey, really- hey the movie's been out three years. It is a spank. <laughs> yeah, but still, not many people know about it. But still, <laughs> I would not mention that because like, to see that for the first time was awesome. So don't go ruin it, John. But no, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, there's other movies that he was Leo was great in before, right? Once by time, like, he was great in Django, like minor yep. role in Django. Yep. He was fantastic in Django. Like, yep. like uh, we talk, when we discuss our best movies, 2012. That's my favorite movie of 2012. Uh, that ad lib scene where he cut his hand on the skull. That was all ad lib. That was like he was like just keep rolling. Like I mean, he was great in that. He was fantastic in Inception. Like Inception was, he was awesome in that movie. Like Chris yep. Great in that. Um, and then the party, he was great in that. Wolf of Wall Street, he was great in that. I will go to the grave saying that Leo deserved the Oscar for Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. Robbed. I will go to my grave saying that yep. he deserved the Oscar. <laughs> Until Sarah beat his chest and stole it from him. <laughs> the Sarah Palsy stage should have won him the Oscar. Oh yeah, to be honest but, uh, with you. But no, but, yeah. I mean, but this Warren Scorsese, stay away from kid movies. 
Not your forte. Just stay away from them. <laughs> so what else do we have? <laughs> uh, now we're into Marvel territory. So earlier this week, we got like they, 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 they're ramping up the uh, casting for the Secret Invasion um, series for, um, for uh, Disney+. Plus. Um, and this has been like so far the common theme in our podcast. I keep mentioning scrolls, scrolls, scrolls. That's that because they're taking over now. Like they ca- they came in, they kept from Captain Marvel, now Spider Man. Like in Far From Home, scrolls written. Um, yeah, I think it was Far From Home. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Far From Home. Um, they showing up in that, and now, yeah, and, and Fury being up in space, um, working with the scrolls. Yeah. Scrolls are the territory, so now we're getting into the secret invasion, and that's why I think Scrolls showed up in WandaVision, and now they're going to show up soon. So, um, so anyway, the secret invasion—they just casted. Uh, they're in talks with Olivia Coleman from um, from from the Crown. She's potentially joining the, the MCU for the Secret Invasion series. Um, so, they, they essentially, the first the first published June twenty thousand and eight, spanning eight issues, penned by these guys. Um, anyway. Um, Crossover series revealed a sub a subversive long-term invasion of the Earth by the Scrolls, a group of alien shapeshifters who have secretly replaced many superheroes in the Marvel Universe with imposters over a period of years prior to the, the over-invasion. So the series, which was first announced in September and confirmed to be an adaptation of the storyline in December, will see Sam Jackson back as Nick Fury. Um, ben Men- uh, Ben Mendelsohn as the pseudo leader of the Scrolls, Talos, reprising from Captain Marvel and Spider Man Far From Home's post credit scene, and in which he re- he was revealed to be impersonating Fury throughout the whole film. Um, so this is this one of the various shows that we're getting. No idea who she's playing, but she's in talks to join. And another person that they have in talks to join is um, Daenerys herself. Amelia Clark is aborting the MCU series as well. Her part is also being kept under wraps, and this will not be her first big franchise beside Thrones. She was also in Solo, a Star Wars story, and then she played a Sarah Connor in the 2015 Misfire Terminator Genesis. Yep, you, Misfire is definitely not a term what I would have called that. Her role, was, she was horrible in that movie. Um, yeah, so those are the two casting choices. All right, but uh, let's go ahead. I just want to go ahead and mention what Secret Wars is about a little bit, just to give a little bit of background story. But pretty much this is after the Kree Skull War and the Earth superheroes like Iron Man, uh, and then, of course, Mr. Fantastic, Namor, Black Bolt, Professor Xavier, and Doctor Strange. They joined together as a group, and they call themselves the Illuminati to secretly confront the Skrulls. They attacked the Skrulls' empire and war warned that the, uh, that any future invasion attempts on of Earth would mean further uh, reprisals. However, they are all captured and intensely studied before escaping. So we already know that Iron Man is not going to be in it. So the one thing that I can say about the MCU is this. They know how to adapt the characters that they don't have anymore, and they make the other character become the characters that uh, to replace that character with. And everything. So that's something that I have to say is some of the key elements that I like about the MCU. They always know how to adapt certain characters and put them in roles that is it's, it's actually benefited for the plot. Um, here's the thing. When you look at this, okay, 
So we actually have Black Widow, which we know that she's not going to be Black Widow or anything like that. This is me speculating, but it'd be cool if she was like maybe, uh, you know, maybe she's the Invisible Woman, maybe she's Stu Storm, maybe it's somewhere like that. Maybe she's just playing a scroll. Uh, Spider Woman, maybe. Yeah, Spider Woman. That's actually another one I was thinking of, to be honest with you. So I have a lot of fun just speculating on who I think the, she might be able to play these cat, who they might be playing as, and why some of them are actually under wraps. Be, and even though I know production hasn't even begun on the set or anything like that, but it allows room to actually just speculate and have some breathing room to have some fun with it, you know? I have a question that I don't know if you guys will know the answer to, but does Disney have the rights to the Fantastic Four? Yep. I, yes. Because I know Sony um, did for a, a long time. No, uh, Fox actually had it. Oh, Fox. Oh, yeah. That was it. Fox yeah. had it. Yeah. Um, I think they announced at one of the... I think it was the Disney Expo. might have been a few months ago. They announced that John Watts is going to be the guy that directed the last couple Spider-Man movies, the one with Tom Holland, was going to be directing a Fantastic Four movie. Okay, cool. I like that. Good. <laughs> um, let me get more details on that. Here's um, another thing, though, too. I'm wondering if maybe she might be Miss Marvel. That's also another key thing. One of them could be Miss Marvel. There's so many. There's so many comic book people. Right or Electra? Because here's the thing: with Electra, she actually plays a role in Secret Invasions, though, because they are actually going to be going up against the Hand as well. Just like they did in Daredevil and everything else, or was that that might have been um, what's that crappy uh, show that they did Iron Fist with the hand? That was uh, also Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah, Daredevil. So yeah, I can definitely. Oh, go on. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like you know there's room to actually speculate on this because. I know a little bit of the background of certain things that happens in this, but this actually also starts after the uh, the events of Civil War, and then this is also where Electro is actually the leader of the ninja group of the Hand, and the scroll name Pagan, after dying in battle with the New Avengers, Bernike Avengers claiming it uh, will throw the scrolls off balance, posing as agents of a spy organization uh, Shield. The scrolls attempt to mine the mineral uh, vibarium in the Savage Land in the Battle of the New Avengers before being killed. The Illuminati battle an imposter posing as Black Bolt and two new Super Scrolls posing all new powers. Cool. Um, so, so essentially, the series is to follow a group of shape shape shifting aliens who have been infiltrating Earth for years. Ben at Ad- Ad- the year has been set as the main villain. Um, no idea what else. Um, more like I said, they like nobody's really commented on else. Like I said, um, Mendelssohn is again playing Skull Talos as he did in Captain Marvel, and then of course we got Sam Jackson back in this. So, um, I don't know. Um, like I said, I think with the Secret Invasion, I could. This, I mean, if the if you want to put somebody in there as post credits, you put Deadpool in there because Deadpool's taking on the scrolls before. So, perfect way to set up Deadpool three. I would love to see Deadpool and me too. Have you? Um, I mean, they are working on the movie now. They got the uh, Bob's Burgers writers. 
the two females to direct this movie. Um, and it's going to be R. They've already confirmed Deadpool's R. Um, so, and I think they, that's one of the very few R-rated Marvel movies we're getting. Um, but, I mean, Reynolds will not be signing off on Deadpool 3 if Disney did not tell, like, if he did not get the R-rating. Like, and I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds like, you know what? I'm, I'm taking my I'm taking my, my business elsewhere because you have two of the highest grossing R-rated movies of all time. One of the two, like, two of the, yeah, they're, like, numbers two and five on that ranking. And it's already got over a billion dollars combined. Don't ruin it. Like, not, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. Um, they didn't specify that, so they still got a long ways to go with that. Um, the show that got less time that we'll be getting probably by the end of this year is Hawkeye. Um, so they Jer- Jeremy Renner announced this week, might have been like actually it was probably today, according to the article, that they finished production of the show. So that means hailing from the head writer Jonathan Ego, the series. Uh, so it says. Um, as fans gear up for the finale of Disney Plus as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Jeremy Renner was taking Instagram to reveal one of the streaming platforms next Marvel MCU series Hawkeye as officially wrapped production. He posted on uh, on his Instagram, he says, last day for now, dot, dot, dot. This is not goodbye, but I see you soon. Thank you, cast, crew, and Marvel. So the okay, so the series centers on Renner's hero Archer and will introduce his fan favorite protege Kate Bishop, played by Haley Steinfeld. Um, thanks to previously set photos, it appears the series will be taking place two years after Renner's last meeting in Endgame, and it's been sec- speculated that it will adapt one of Hawkeye's prominent storylines from the comics, where Clint loses his hearing. Um, alongside Renner and Steinfeld, the cast of the series is set to include Vera Farmiga. Um, Fry, um, Fry Fee, Black Widow's Florence Pugh, um, Tony Dalton, Aza, um, McLaurin, and newcomer Aquia uh, Cox. Um, there's also, I think, Miss Marvel supposed to be in- implemented in this thing as well, or shows coming out probably by this time soon. Um, and it's, it's an expected debut in fall 2021 on Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna let you guys talk about that for a little bit, and then after that, I'll give you my thoughts. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, I'm down. I love Marvel. Like they've they've done a really good thing with um how they they really thought about how they're playing out all these storylines. I feel like so to have it all tied together. And although I'm not a huge fan of so many different shows about different characters. I feel like they should kind of keep it to like just movies and stuff like that. But the but and like keep it like and even then try and keep it more more streamlined. Uh, I did feel for a while that it was like a, a money grab kind of situation of just trying to profit off of all off of the success of what the MCU was, and now that. Endgame happened. It's like, oh well, we gotta keep this going with more, you know, making more stuff. Uh, I feel like they they're not dumb, and they did, th- and they are gonna come up with something good out of all of this. Um, I mean, they definitely planned it out a lot better than DC did with their movies. Uh, and as much as I love DC. I mean, Marvel just kicked it out of the park with how they uh, 
how how they brought apart the whole MCU. And so I'd watch them, especially if they're on Disney Plus, because then like I don't have cable, and <laughs> so everything I have to stream everything. So if it's on Disney Plus and I can see it. Like I'll watch it, and most of those like I can watch with you know my daughter because she's little and they're not like too too violent, and she loves superheroes. She's Spider Man's her favorite right now. Uh, but, like, but like so, I'm down. I'm down for it. I'll watch it. Tell her to avoid watching Great Value Captain America. <laughs> I, actually haven't, I actually haven't watched uh, any of the new ones, uh, WandaVision or uh falcon uh yeah and winter soldier yet so i got i gotta get on that i've been crazy busy wanda vision is quirky very quirky it starts out that way then it gets good um takes a while to get used to falcon winter soldier like right into it and it feels like a tom clancy tv series to be honest with you the way it starts i like tom clancy so it, i mean falcon winter soldier i like that so much better because it's it's it does so much, and it does a lot of stuff that what's going on in the outside world, and they put it in this one show. It's perfect for this time period, um, and cool. the action sequences are awesome. Um, yeah, and yeah, um, but yeah, I know like, like Falcon's great. Um, I'm excited for that guy. Um, again, anything that like I want to know what the big picture here is. I want to know like all these shows because these are like because I and I think. Is perfect for Falcon and Winter Soldier because they're not big characters. They're big, but not they're not the Iron Man's, Captain America's. So to have like I think for them to have this show is great, so they can be a, a stepping point of how they're going to progress. Um, I'm just I just want to know what's the big picture, like how what what's the next phase? Like I already know WandaVision setting up multiverse with Spider Man stuff like that because they're confirmed to be in Spider Man and it's setting up. The Doctor Strange sequel, which um, an article just came out from Elizabeth Olsen that plays Scarlet uh, Witch, talked about it's horror-esque. Like, there's a lot of horror elements that are going to be involved with the Doctor Strange sequel. Um, I'm kind of intrigued. I don't like horror, but I'm intrigued with Marvel, and Sam Raimi's going to do a great job. With Hawkeye, I'm excited to see how this is going to go, like how they're going to progress with, this, with, with the story. I think they said the character, Florence Pugh's character, her, like that, like from the, the sister from Black Widow, she's going to be in the show. So obviously, there's going to be some correlation between Black Widow the movie and Hawkeye. So there's going to be that. There's so that. That's what I'm thinking on the connection. That's where the big story is. I want to know how is this going to connect to this current phase, and that that's what I'm excited to see. I mean, I mean, I'm excited to see multiverse, but yeah, it's Hawkeye, and I'm intrigued on it. Yeah, same here with me. Oh. I was real quick. I just I'm on the same boat with you as and I want to see how it all adds up. I don't want them to do these different shows and then, and then just like fizzle out. I really want them no, to be no. a connection at the end of the of the rainbow. Um, I have a feeling though what Kevin Feige is doing. He's connecting all the dots. It's just that right now he's pretty much like God, right? He can see the bigger picture than what we can, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we only see a small picture, right? He mm-hmm. sees everything. <laughs> so I get to see him in his MCU office of like, you know what? I'm going to put this here. I'm going to put this here. I'm going to put this here. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to let them guess and it'd be a big, huge rabbit race. He's and all the string, 
all gone right. Up yeah. <laughs> yes. Conspiracy theory. Like, but uh, right. I mean, one division right. set up this. Like, the thing with one division, it's not a one-off. It sets up what's going to happen in the next. Which I appreciate because I figured, oh, this looks like like it's going to be a one-off. But no, there's pieces involved in it that lead to bigger stuff. Right. And that's, that's what I like. Falcon going to lead to much bigger stuff. Like these are not the only times we're going to be seeing these characters. Um, you know what, though? I could actually see now the final episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier airs on Friday. But for some reason, I wouldn't be surprised if we wouldn't see Jeremy Renner show up at the very end or a cameo appearance by him towards the end of it. To be honest with you, the way that it's basically military kind of style, ops kind of style stuff. And Hawkeye seems like he fits the bill for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but that's just me. But I want to see how uh, Black Widow connects and how that ends. So maybe, mm-hmm. when does, I have a quick question for you. When does um, Hawkeye's show air? Fall. Fall? Okay. Yeah. So that tells me another thing, though. We have the Black Widow movie coming out this month. July. Well, July. That's what I'm basically saying. But in July of this year. So that tells me this. Maybe Black Widow and uh, somehow or another, maybe Black Widow's still alive. Of course, we think that she's alive because of the Loki trailer. But what if... It's not her. It's uh, it's like Madam Loki. It's a female version of Loki. Um, Damn it, Charlie. (laughs) I know. I was going to tell me about the. It's not. It's unfortunately. It's not going to be her. It could okay, be her, okay. but it doesn't look like it. Looks like it's um. Oh. It's, it's the female version of Loki, like a a different character, ah. but okay. it's not Widow. Okay, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say, for instance, if the possibility of her being alive, and then she just automatically into this round this time. And then she just connects in with Jeremy Renner with uh, Hawkeye. That's just me speculating, but that would actually pretty be pretty neat. I think that's why the sister's involved in it because she wants to know where's my sister, and and then Jeremy Renner is gonna be like, "I watched her die." <laughs> like, I mean, imagine if that scene in Endgame had played out differently. Like, I think, yeah, I think they played that one perfectly. I was like, I was figuring, I, it took me a while to pick up, like, oh, my God, they're, like, there, and that's why they have to, yeah, that, that, I think, like I said, if it was, like, if it was Groot, and, or if it was, like, the rocket and Thor, Thor would easily chuck the, uh, chuck the raccoon down there. Like, I mean, that would, like, like the see what, how they ended up doing that had more meaning, but had more meaning to it, and that's why I always appreciate because if they had anybody else go down there, it wouldn't have been as powerful, but. I hope she's still alive. I mean, I, I then again, I just, I don't know. I mean, there's so much we don't know, but it would be great if she was in the Loki thing, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's her. Okay. So what else do we have now that you disappointed me? <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of disappointed yourself. You met the IX. Same with the Charlie's Theron not being in Furiosa. I, I, I knew she wasn't in it. You're like, no, she's in it. I'm like, no. Yep. They, um, the next set is, I mean, nothing's big from it. It's a set that they're working on a sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, which we've known for a while. They just hired three directors. Um, I love that so, movie. My daughter loves that movie. It's so good. Can't wait. I love no, it. I didn't. 
don't know when it's coming out. Um, they just hired three directors. Um, two of the direct, I think one of the directors worked on a lot of Nickelodeon stuff from the uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Not the sh- not the crappy movie version, the better TV version. And I think Legend of Korra. And then he worked on a bunch of other stuff. So um, yeah, they just announced three directors, and you can find those online somewhere. Um, um, three directors I'm not familiar with. Um, all right, now we're getting into the the highlight of the show, at least for like for DC's hope until they pull the carpet out under from under us, like they've done for before that they start finally produce like start production on the Flash movie. Um. So yeah, they started production on that, um, and it's supposed to be out November fourth, twenty twenty two. They've begun in London. A- Andy Muschietti um, is directing it um, with his sister Barbara Muschietti, who's oh, his producer. And then um, Michael Keaton's also confirmed the return as Batman in it, along with Ben Affleck. I'm excited to be honest with I'm you. Very excited for that. And here's the thing. Uh, you and I are both geeked out over this, Rick. I'm going to let you go first, and then after that, I'll go. Alright, so Michael Keaton's the best Batman. I want to put my foot down right on there. Um, Christian but, Bale is ass. So, so, Michael, so my whole opinion is Michael Keaton's the best Batman. Christian Bale is the best Bruce Wayne. That's my take on it. But anyway, I love Michael Keaton. Uh, the 1989 Batman movie is my still my favorite Batman movie after all these years, um, and I'm just really excited to see Michael Keaton back as Batman. I had always wanted him to come back, um, and I'm slightly disappointed and slightly not because the way I wanted him to come back was I really wanted there to be like a Batman Beyond type mm. movie or show or something like that because I loved Batman Beyond. When I was a kid, and like I feel like he would have made a really, really great older Bruce Wayne. And I know that that's might still be a possibility with how the Flash is going, because I know it's going to go with the multiverse and everything, and that it has to do with time travel and all that kinds of stuff. Because you know the Flash can, can do stuff like that. But honestly, I'm just I'm really excited, and I think this is also for 2022, right? Is what is supposed to come out November 4th. Yeah, so, so we're gonna have three. I'm I'm a little so as happy as I am about Michael Keaton coming back. I'm also like, there's three Batman actors now, and that's a little, that's a little. We got Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and uh, Robert okay. Pattinson, and I'm a little bit like, what are you doing, man? Like, I know there's the multiverse, but like, but like, why are you why are you doing it this way? Unless at some point they're all going to merge, and I don't know if that's what their plan is. From what I know, from what I know, though, Rick, is this like think of picking up a new comic book and it doesn't connect with anything else. Yeah, Robert Pattinson's and everything too. I know that they said that uh, Robert Pattinson's going to be what Earth what Earth two, I think Earth two. It's going to be like Earth two. One, I think. So. I'm looking at it from this angle, though. Picking it up from a different angle, where you have you read a different comic book, it takes place on a different Earth. It doesn't connect with anything. So think of the Robert Pattinson one as you picking up a comic book and just reading it with no kind of uh, continuity with the DCU universe. And I totally get that, and I totally what, and that's how I am expecting it to go. But I I feel 
like that's still like a why are you having three different actors playing three different Batman coming out right. such a short amount of time? I just feel like you're you're just beating the crap out of that character, you know. Like, and and I love Batman. I'll I'll see, see all those movies. I'm telling you right now, like they're gonna they're gonna get their money from me. Um, but like I still into like it's like, you know, it, I it is what it is. I'll see them. I'm excited for them. Um, I'm really happy to see Michael Keaton back, like I said. Uh, but like, and I like the way I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he's a really good Batman, and you know, we've seen Michael Keaton in two Batman movies previously. Also, it was good. I'm excited to see how Robert Pattinson comes up because he's so known for Twilight. And when like you say Robert Pattinson, you instantly are like, oh, Edward or whatever his name is from Twilight, right? But like. He's been in a lot of other things where he is completely different from that character. Uh, so, and I think people aren't taking him seriously because of that. Like, like in the White House, he is crazy in the White House. If you haven't seen that movie, it's very, very weird. Um, but like, like totally, completely different from sparkly uh, vampires. So, I'm excited for it. And you see, I liked him in The Devil all the time, though, on Netflix. That was a really good Robert Pattinson movie, too. He definitely played a creepy preacher guy. But, you know, but, you know, back to Keaton and everything, I've been wanting him to come back since Batman Returns. Yeah. And, you know, I have a feeling this is going to be like our Batman um, Frank Miller version of The Dark Knight Returns, where he's older. <laughs> he's gritty. He's older. I can just see that he's just tired of people's shit. I can oh. just see that where he's just tired of everything. Don't get me wrong, we saw that in the Ben Affleck version and everything. But I would like to see the aftermath of everything of uh, Batman fighting for, since the 1980s, and then the toll that it on his body that has actually been taken over from 2021 or whatever realm or how many years that they're actually going to put Michael Keaton in. And everything, and that's when Barry Allen shows up. That's what I like to see. And it's just, I'd like to see, I, I would love to see that. Also, too, I've been, like like we said before, Michael Keaton is one of my favorite all-time Batman and everything. As a matter of fact, that was like the very first movie I saw in theaters was the 1989 Batman movie and everything. And I remember as a little kid just being geeked out out of my fucking mind because of the fact that I got to see Batman on the big screen. And everything for the very first time, I had. As a matter of fact, I even bought the comic book that came out into the movie theaters based off of the movie, and everything. That's how much of a diehard fan I was, and still am. But you know, aside from that, I, I like the fact that he's coming back. It makes me geeked out. I still say that I, I'm in agreement with you with the whole Bruce Wayne with him being uh, with Christian Bale being the best Bruce Wayne, but Michael Keaton uh, was the best Batman. Um. And I also like Ben Affleck's version. I like all three Christian. I like all three actors the way they brought it with Christian Bale and everything else, though too. But iconically, Michael Keaton is one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean Adam West is great too, but totally right. different time. <laughs> right, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. But uh, I'm more excited for the Flash movie than I am the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. It just like. Do we really need another one? Like, honestly, like, I mean, I don't really want to see him as Batman. I think there's some cast members that are good, but there's some, there's some really bad choices. Like, 
hiring getting Zoe Kravitz to play Catwoman. Ew. Like, no. Like, I think she's she's not that great of it for me. Like, I've seen stuff she's in. She's not good. Like, she's not that great. I don't think she's great as Catwoman. We got a great one in Hannah Hathaway. She was great as Catwoman in the in the Dark Knight ones. And it's just like we don't we need stop being the stick with Batman. You tried it with the the the, the Gotham series. That didn't work out. Like we don't really need and then Matt Reeves, sure he's directing it, but the last two eight movies were just garbage. Like I just I don't know. This just a lot to me, like Robert Pattinson will always be known as Sparkles from like Twilight, but it's like <laughs> The only re- like I liked him in Harry Potter because he died in the fourth and the like in the Goblet of Fire. Duggery, he died. It's great. Um, he didn't. I liked him in Tenet because he didn't piss me off. He didn't piss me off in Tenet, so he was okay. Um, I didn't really. I didn't care for him in The Devil all the time. I mean, he was just creepy, and he was just he's like, and his accent kind of like threw me off. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? I'd rather watch Matt Damon with a with a, a man bun or a ponytail in the in the horrible Great Wall movie again than I watch Robert Pattinson act. Like, come on! Like, no. I mean, I think the new Bat. I mean, I'll watch the new Batman movie. Would I spend money to see it? No. I'll probably I'll probably wait for it to get on HBO Max. It doesn't cost me anything. Like, I I'm more excited for the Flash, which I've seen enough of the TV show. So I'm intrigued on how he ruins the timeline in this one. And I am the new Batman. Like for me, it's just enough with the Batmans. Christian Mayo was great. Ben Affleck was great. Why do we need to keep casting people for Batman? Come on, Warner Brothers, get your head out of your ass and just stick with somebody. (laughs) Seriously, it's not hard. A monkey could do your job. I could do your job better than you can. Come on, Warner Brothers. (laughs) We don't need more Batman movies. We need stick with one guy and that. and just like that, Warner Brothers is not going to be our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Warner Brothers is never going to be our sponsor. Right. Warner Brothers is not going to be our sponsor until we had that rant video of them not restoring the Snyderverse. Right. I mean, right. Like, Disney's not going to be a, one of our sponsors for that because they right. make stupid ass decisions. <laughs> like, I mean, I, like I said, The Flash, I think, is going to be good because you got two different, two better Batmans. And then I'm like, Earth 2. Like, I mean, that's coming out in March. Okay, nothing else is coming out against it, and that movie keeps getting delayed like crazy. Like, like, come out or just get away. So we don't, like like I said, people are like, oh, he's going to beat up some people. So? he Like, he's going to have a struggling time beating up somebody like he did in Twilight. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just like, like we don't need too many Batmans. We got, pl- like I said, I mean, I don't know how they're going to... Warner Brothers doesn't even have a plan. They're just throwing something at the door port and like, oh, let's see if this sticks. I don't know. I, I'm excited for the Flash though. I think that might. I mean, I like the the elements that he did in the Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I mean, I, I thought that was funny. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued on it. Um, but I think I'm more excited for that than I am the new piece of shit Batman movie. <laughs> I like I like how they did the Flash in the. <laughs> in the Snyder uh, version of Justice League a lot, because I-, I love how he do his powers, man, with all, like, the lightning and the electricity come off of him whenever he runs. Like, every time he he started d- doing that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And so I'm excited to see that. But like, I like his character. He's just that, that awkward, nerdy <laughs> dude, and, like, and he's just a fun character that I really enjoyed. That I like that they did a lot more backstory 
than when it first came out with the, the, all the different characters, including Barry. And like, and yeah, I'm excited for for that Flash movie, and and for multiple reasons, including Flashpoint. Flashpoint. <laughs> like, ah, uh, it's it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. All right. So, do we have anything else, or is that? No, that was it. Okay. Okay. So I just want to say thanks, Rick, for joining us, man. It's always a pleasure to have you on and everything. I enjoyed having Mich- I also enjoyed ha- having Michelle on as well. Um, yeah, we're going to have to set. My wife is that? pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm definitely going to have to set something up for the Martian review with her. And then I'd I like to actually have you on when we do our Tarantino review for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I gotta watch. I gotta re- watch it again. Yeah, okay. Probably. All right. Love so it. we'll have four of us on for that one, John. Okay, that's fine with me. More the merrier. <laughs> you know, because I mean, because like Sean will be with us for the because okay. we're doing directors. So right. So with that being said, guys, that's gonna do it for the show for tonight. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Another thing too is you go if you want to go ahead donate to the show. How do you do that? Just go ahead and head over to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. Also, too, if you guys want to go ahead and go for all your inhuman needs and wants and pleasures, you just head over to www.movieloversunite.com. We post movie news, movie reviews, and movie news for everybody, and also, too, TV movie news and TV reviews over there. Another thing, too, is if you guys want to, you also go on ahead find this on the audio-only podcast of this show. You get many episodes over there. And a matter of fact, you can go on ahead and subscribe, and then also, too, rate, go on ahead and rate us on Apple, Apple Podcasts as well. Let us know how we're doing over here at Movie Lovers Unite. Another thing, too, that I want to mention is the fact that we're going to do our uh, Balcony and Winter Soldier after show at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time on Friday. And then Saturday, we're actually doing our Mortal Kombat review. And I can't wait to see that. That's going to be amazing. I'm hoping it's amazing. But it's going to be at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, and 6 o'clock Pacific Time p.m. on the Movie Lovers Unite uh, YouTube channel. Of course, you guys can go on ahead. The one where what? you're doing that, like, you and um, Rosie are doing a review of the White Boy uh, documentary on Netflix. Yeah, Rossi McCree will be on the show tomorrow night doing a White Boy Rick uh, documentary mm-hmm. at eight o'clock uh, Central Time, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific Time. Go on ahead, hit us up over there for that. Also, two guys, go ahead, like and subscribe to this uh, episode. Share this with everybody, and also two, go on and follow me at Movie Lovers Unit on. Twitter, if you want to want to as well, go on and follow me over at Movie Lovers Unit on Stereo, and then also too, we're under Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Instagram, and also on Pinterest as well. So those are all the places that you can find us at. Of course, you can go on ahead and email me at MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com. All right, always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. Can't wait to do this again. Bye bye. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. 
they actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible Originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person, how-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.